and welcome to Eerie Query, the podcast where three best friends share weird tales and weirder questions, all from a queer perspective. I'm your host today, Bree Brubaker. I'm Jordan Grimm. And I'm Allie Linden. Today we're going to get to part two of the thrilling story that Jordan started telling us last week. Um, we used to live here. Part two. Mm. Soon electric to be a Netflix special. Yes. <laughs> part two, Electric Boogaloo. Um, before we get into the second part of our story, though, I have an eerie query for you. Is it unhinged? I want unhinged. Um, The one I was planning on going with today is not unhinged, but I can get one for you really quick. No. I, no, wanna, I, want, I want my basic question. I want unhinged. Allie wants unhinged. And I'm baby. Allie's baby. Only mentally. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. It's true. I'm baby. But I'll do what Allie wants. I'm really sad we had to scrap the episode where I I compare our relationship and say you're the baby in our relationship. And I say find find your baby. (laughs) Spice. (laughs) Eerie query the lost episode. (laughs) (laughs) I, I am really sad about that one, too. Yeah, it was a great... I think we can reference it. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Find your baby. Eerie query. Um, okay, unhinged it is. Um, this one is actually brought to you by um, one of my coworkers. She brought it up as we were working together. Oh, I love that. It was before we started this podcast, mm-hmm. actually. Um because I asked her stupid interview questions when she first started with us. And so we were working together and she goes, you know how Shell gas stations are like the best gas station? Like everyone aspires to be a Shell girl. And I knew exactly what she meant. Mm -hmm. Um, And so Katie, this one's for you. If you were a gas station, which one would you be? Chain or select gas station around Columbus? There is no right or wrong. But I will say, more of our listeners will know chains. But sometimes we did decide one of our coworkers was a very specific gas station actually by my house. Um, yeah. All right. <clears throat> so mine will be udf because people only come to me for the milkshakes <laughs> <laughs> okay take it this isn't a horny podcast it's always a horny podcast when i'm here okay <laughs> i gotta bring the viewers to the yard it's true jordan's udf milkshakes Brings Bring all our listeners to the, to the yard. yard. You got milkshakes for radio, kid. <laughs> no. <laughs> all five foot four of you. Yeah, I'm five four. <laughs> Incredible. How about you, Allie? I don't identify with gas stations. Well, too bad. You wanted an hinge ass question. I'm thinking. Give me a second. No, no thinking aloud. What's your gut say? Mm. I don't know. I think <laughs> I would be a BP. I knew it. I fucking knew it. No, I fucking knew it. How? Um, because you're a BP. I'm a BP. Because your toxicity like, spills into everything. <laughs> it's like a little messy, but it's really close to shell. Like it looks put together. Yeah. It's mostly put together. Um, there's like a few underlying like. Ooh, we getting spicy here. Ooh, casual oil spill in the Gulf. Oh, God. Also, <laughs> Shell is actually trash, and only rich people go there who think it's superior, but it's not. I think that about BP, though. I don't, I don't think that about you. <laughs> I don't think that about what? you. Let me, let me be clear. Like, that's not why I identify you as a BP. <laughs> but it's like, I think you think you're superior. I think you're trash. <laughs> no. There's a BP in my hometown um, where President, horrible President Rutherford B. Hayes was born. At um, a BP? A B- so he was born in a house. <laughs> okay, I was like, 
it's like and uh, they <laughs> tore down his childhood home and put a bp so i'm also thinking of how um my relatives came over with the second boat not the first mm-hmm. to america mm-hmm. um the one english relative i have i swear the rest are not english but um so there is some erasure of history to put sure something new and shiny Ah, uh, oh yeah oh i went for a deep cut there went for a deep I like cut. that you went for the deep cut and jordan went super shallow yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> it's me it's fair <laughs> oh, and so we always say BP stands for birthplace in Delaware. That's dorky as shit. It is. I dig it. Maybe it stands for bitch please in my life. Oh, I like that. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. What are you, Marie? I'm a Sinclair. What the fuck what is, is that? that? You're not a Wawa? I'm not. Oh, I don't even know what a Wawa is. Um, I don't no, know either. I'm not. I really, I really wish I could identify as a Bucky's as a Texas girl. <gasps> got everything. They got the smoker out back. You got the good barbecue. You do got the smoker out back. <laughs> yeah, baby. Ooh. Maybe you are turning this into a sexy <laughs> podcast. No. Um, my life isn't put together. <laughs> My husband just walked by and pointed at his butt. Thank you, Michael. <laughs> um, I wish I was put together enough to be a Bucky's or to claim that, like, make my own candies and all that. Mm. I am trying to romanticize my life the way I, I would like if I was a Bucky's. you have a brand, though. I do have a brand. It is Sinclair. So if you remember, um, Sinclair is a little hipstery. It's a little vintage. Mm. It's vintage. A vintage it's, gas station. It is. Do you remember the dinosaur logo? Oh, yes, yes. That's a Sinclair. They're like qu- a little quirky. Like, dinosaur's fun. I think it's cute. You don't find them around a lot. Mmm. Mmm. Like that little vintage hipster vibe, but not, but like, still pretty grungy. <laughs> Yeah. I think I ripped the front of a, a gas pump off at a Sinclair once in a... That's amazing. It was... I had a fever of 104. Oh, goodness. <laughs> I should not have been driving. And there was a really teeny tiny town. It was Sunday, so the gas station was closed. Oh, my God. Oh, my <laughs> so God. So I couldn't get gas. So you took the gas <laughs> pump with you. <laughs> just, I just drove away. Yeah. Oh, my God. But then I couldn't do anything about it either. Like, I didn't have any paper. What was I going to do? Leave a note? Mm-hmm. Sorry, um, I took your gas pump. No, I just put it back. Oops. <laughs> that was one of two times Fair. that I've done this. Oh my god. <laughs> also, I want to bring it back to Jordan. Yeah, yeah, yeah I do. Because we were just at UDF <clears throat> getting ice cream on the way over here for mm-hmm. y'all. Mm-hmm. And there was definitely someone who sadly was on some drugs, some mm-hmm. strong drugs, asking the worker who also looked like he was on some strong drugs, asking the worker where his friend was who used to work there. And the worker was like, dude, she kept stealing from us. And like, I just can't have that here. I just can't have that energy. And I'm like, he wasn't even pissed that she had like robbed them multiple times. It's not the vibe. But yeah, he was really chill about it. And I feel like that would be Jordan. That is took out. Also, I feel like... A uh, UDF is like it's got all the same things as like the fancy mm-hmm. gas station, but it's budget friendly and the quality is just as good. True. Which I feel like is kind of like something you strive for in like how you live your life. Appreciate that. Yeah. So I, yeah. I feel that for you. The big reason I said UDF is because um once when I was in college, the only thing within walking distance was a UDF. And when I walked there, the UDF was on fire, and no one seemed to care. Hey, that happened at my work. Uh, yeah, that is happening currently at your work. And I just felt that was really relatable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's really funny. Well, I'm Hello. glad we got our unhinged query out of the way. Let's let's ramp it up for next week. An unhingedness? Mm-hmm. I will do my best. Get the team on it. What deep fried meme are you? Oh, deep fried. We'll circle back. We'll circle back. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> For now, we need to get back to our part two. I cannot fucking wait. We used to live here. I have been thinking about this 
right. for hours. I would say days, but we literally left for two hours and came back. It's true. Mm-hmm. I cannot get this out of my head. Days in friendship time. Yes. You were gone for what felt like days. Yes. I, I yeah. was like, is time with me an eternity to you? No. 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 I've been thinking about how evil that man was yes. and hypothesizing. Um, so to recap, uh, the Brady Bunch mm-hmm. with in Riverdale three, white outfits and yes, and three children lined up in height order show up at this house of to uh, at this newly purchased house of a lesbian couple. Uh, Charlie mm-hmm. showed up late. Uh-huh. Yes. And uh, their Eve was uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Gets gaslit for overreacting. But also, Eve did invite the family to stay over. She did. Yeah. So that was a noobs. So where we left off was a child was apparently lost in the basement playing mm-hmm. hide and seek. The family was nonplussed. Uh, in the middle of the night, Eve woke up, saw a person in the basement was not a child full ass over full six ass foot. adult she woke up in the morning and uh her partner was gone found her pendant in the snow outside uh-huh a locket crushed under her boot yeah so you know listen to the first part if you didn't because that was a really shitty recap i, say, I bet that <clears throat> clears everything up makes <laughs> it clear as the major clear mud it was also, dumb waiter yeah there was a dumb there waiter there we go Mm-hmm. We have some theories as to what's happening. The dumbwaiter's name was Steve. See last week's episode. <laughs> <laughs> what? I just see Steve from Stranger Things. I'm like, yeah, it checks out. <laughs> I was thinking there was a dumb waiter in some. Like, I just thought of Bill and Ted's. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Anyway, I don't know. Th- thank you. <laughs> anyway, here we go. <clears throat> Part two. She finds the locket. She gets to the neighbor's house. Pushing forward down the driveway, I tucked Charlie's necklace into my back pocket. Maybe she dropped it by accident? Doubtful. Regardless, my goal didn't change. Get to the neighbor's house. Call Charlie. Find out where she is. Why she left without telling me. At this point, I was even considering calling the police. Even... Bitch, you should have called them ages ago. (laughs) I'm telling you, fire department was last night. Now it's the time for cops. (sighs) Sadly. Until there's a better structure in place. Yes. But what would I tell them? I let a family of five into my house. I think they put up a painting. Not exactly a police priority. Um, a child is missing. Yeah. That's kind of... A white child. (laughs) That is definitely (laughs) police priority. Mm. <laughs> mm. Good point. Call Charlie first, evaluate from there. The storm is getting worse. As I trudged down the road, freezing wind swept through me, down into the forest at the end of the street. My face stung, teeth chattered, eyes burned. Fun. Finally, I reached Harpeet and Miguel's place, a mint green bungalow with a meticulous but snow covered Japanese garden out front. I gave three sharp knocks and waited. Nothing. As I reached for the bell, the door swung open. Harpreet answered. Hello? Dressed in a house coat, her eyes were tired and her hair was tousled. Wait, what time was it? I checked my wristwatch. 6.58 on a Saturday morning. Yikes. Oof. Hey, Harpreet. Sorry to bother you so early. She looked at me a little confused, almost like she didn't know who I was. Fair enough. We'd only met once before, but it's Eve, I reminded her. Just moved in up the street. We were going to do a game night together. She smiled. Oh, right. Eve, she said, but it almost felt like she still didn't recognize me and was just being polite. That or my social anxiety was yet again taking the reins. Can I use your phone? I asked. Mine's dead. Sure. She reached into her pocket and handed me her cell phone. Thanks. I punched in Charlie's number. Three tones rang out, but no answer. She's lucky she remembers Charlie's number. Cause yeah. Oh, I, I don't know Mike's. I don't yeah. know my fiance's. I only know my mom's, and that's like it. I, I remember 
ones that I remembered in my childhood. Yeah, literally yeah. two. Yeah. Two numbers that work. Oh, I remember my pharmacy uh, number from when I was 10. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Domino's Pizza in oh my uh, Texas. Mm. Yeah. My parents used to call me they when I was in grad it. school my to high order school pizzas. girlfriend. Yeah. 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 Oh, useful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Thanks. I punched in Charlie's number. Three tones rang out, but no answer. I went to dial again when Charlie called back. Thank God. Oh. Hello, she said. I exhaled relief. Just hearing her voice felt like a big, warm hug. Charlie, where are you? Who is this? I raised an eyebrow and then remembered I wasn't using my phone. It's Eve, I clarified. My phone's dead. I'm using the neighbors. Oh, hey, Eve. It's pretty loud in here. You'll have to speak up. In the background, barcode scanners beeping, muffled voices, cars sounded like she was lined up in a grocery store a thousand questions passed through my head but I settled on when are you coming back a long drawn out silence Eve she sighed I can't talk right now can we do this later Charlie I just why did you leave without beep she hung up on me what the fuck what the fuck what the fuck that or the call dropped yeah, the, the call must have dropped. The storm messed with the signal, that's all. No way Charlie hung up on me. Stop catastrophizing everything. Harpreet glanced over her shoulder, then back to me. Restless. Smiling apologetically, I redialed Charlie, but this time it went straight to voicemail. Hey, Charlie, I, I think her signal dropped. I found her locket in the driveway, and this family is just really weirding me out. Come back as soon as you can, Okay. Ending the call, I handed back the phone. Harpreet studied me with a subtle concern in her eyes. Is everything okay? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. I, why didn't you tell the truth? I have so many questions, and I think we have a potential unreliable narrator, and I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah. Part of me wanted to get back to her, wanted to tell her what was going on. Wait here until Charlie got back, until this creepy family was gone. But her pre wasn't exactly rolling out with the welcome mat, and I couldn't blame her. Guess people with healthy boundaries don't just let random strangers into the house. Go figure. As I marched <laughs> back home, I kept playing the phone call through my head. Something seemed off with Charlie. She sounded distant, standoffish even. Maybe it was something I said last night? Maybe it was something I did last week at... Stop. Stop spiraling. Stop mind reading. Focus. If something was bothering Charlie, she would have told you. She's probably just hung over, preoccupied. I took a deep breath and exhaled. WWCD. What would Charlie do? <laughs> oh, God, no. <laughs> Charlie would go home, tell these creeps to get the fuck out of her house. With renewed focus, I slogged back through the snow. Halfway across the road, I noticed a figure obscured by the snow. A person. Standing at the end of the street, on the edge of the forest, back turned, unmoving, dressed in a white gown, or at least that's what it looked like from this distance. A gown in the middle of a winter storm? It's me. Maybe it was the hiding <laughs> Would kid. be Allie. So, they were wearing white, maybe. Jenny, I called out, but the shrieking wind swallowed my voice. I tried again, louder. No response. Then, the figure withdrew into the woods disappearing from sight I glanced down the street towards my house go back inside or go after the kid don't you dare it was freezing out here even with the whole winter get up on in a gown she might catch hypothermia or worse I took us (laughs) right right I took a step forward and an image flashed in my head An image from last night, the hunched figure on the stairs, slowly rising to stand. The memory was so sudden, so vivid, I could almost see it projected onto the snow in front of me. My house drifted back towards the house, then back to the dark forest. Last night was just a trick of the light, I told myself. You got this Eve, go find the kid. Besides, it'll get this family out of your house. Reluctantly, I headed towards the tree line. 
Yes, 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 yes. I'd be ready to let this child die. And I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. Call someone else or say, just saw your freaky ass child go into the woods. Go get her. Yeah. I'm all for calling someone else, but when there's something weird going on, investigate it. No. <clears throat> I'm too curious. I mean, okay, I do want to know. Yeah, and what if it goes away before anyone else sees it? Like, I want to know too bad that I will die from it. Here's the thing. If she had told her pre what was happening. Yeah, true. And somebody knew then where she was, like, that would be fine. Also, she but with a, a dead phone. phone? Yeah. Please. No. Allie, if you went and did that with a dead phone, I would come find your ass and beat you up. Um, have I done somewhere? Yeah. I know. It's stupid. <laughs> All right. The old forest swayed and groaned as I tracked the faint trail of footsteps. Up ahead, the kid slipped behind a gnarled tree. Was her hair black? All the kids were blonde. Maybe it was the light again? It's the grudge. That's what I was thinking. Uh, Picking up the plates. <laughs> Do it again. The I, image of this <laughs> looks crazy. I had a little Barbie vacuum cleaner that made that sound. Oh. That's what the grudge makes me think of, is this little pink vacuum with little styrofoam balls. <laughs> um, her, was her hair black? All the kids were blonde. Maybe it was the light again. Picking up the pace, I trailed the winding footprints as they led deeper into the woods, over a bank, into a small crevice, and vanished. The trail just ended, hard stop, as if the person I was following ceased to exist. I paused, looked around, trees, branches, snow, and more trees. I called out again, but only the dim echo of my voice responded. Great. My skin tightened as the wind needled through me. Somewhere close, a heavy crack, followed by a thundering boom. Was that a tree following o falling over? This was getting too dangerous. Left with little choice, I turned back for the house. Sorry, kid. In the foyer, I shook off the snow. The uncanny strangeness of everything still clouding my thoughts. Thomas stepped around the corner. Any luck? I blinked at him, unsure what he meant. Getting a hold of Charlie, he clarified. Oh, had to leave a message. He nodded. I was just about to mention the kid in the woods when, behind him, his daughter Jenny stepped into the room. <gasps> mm -hmm. I stared at her, lost for words. Thomas glanced back. Oh, she finally surrendered. Jenny wore a white t-shirt and blue corduroy overalls, not a gown. Sorry. Is this the 90s? Right. In 90s is coming back. I know, I forgot. But, okay, but it's different when we wear overalls, right? It's different when alts or alt people wear overalls versus when three blonde children standing <laughs> in the height order in a row with white t-shirts and corduroy overalls. Like, that's a totally different I vibe. It's so cute. Ugh. <laughs> I don't know how old they are. She didn't specify anything about them. Yeah. I mean, she might not be able to tell how old they are by yeah. looking at them. But I mean, like, I don't know. Is it eight? Is it sixteen? Nine through twelve. My so? my thing. I was thinking like eleven. I was thinking the the boys were because the girl was the tallest, so I thought the boys were maybe like between like six and nine. I also want to know how this this person fit in the dumb waiter if she's not like four. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm so sorry, your duck just slipped. Hi, sweet girl. <laughs> this raised an obvious question. Who was the person outside? I almost brought it up, but again, something told me, keep it to yourself. My distrust in this family, even my own judgment, was growing by the second. Anyway, he said, we're heading out as soon as the storm clears up. I, I think it's safer now. I know, said Thomas, but without winter tires, my wife's a little paranoid. You said you were a truck driver. He also, like, yeah, he was the one who was, like, pushing to leave yeah, originally. Like, I don't need those. Also, they have yeah. winter tires or snow chains and upstairs I... that Ch Charlie mentioned, so. Okay, surprising myself, I pushed more. I'll get the tire chains from the attic. 
There you snaps, go. snaps. He smiled grimly. Hmm. Not sure I'll, they'll fit our truck. Let's try. It, don't push your luck, sir. You have, you have your kid. Get mm-hmm. the fuck out of my house. <laughs> They're universal. Fuck yeah. Thomas paused ever so slightly and then, perfect. That'll work. He exhale, exhaled with some seemingly genuine relief. We'll start packing up our stuff right away. Check out times at 11, right? He smiled at me, expecting a laugh. I gave him a blank stare. Good. His dumb smile evaporated. <laughs> Paige, he called out and disappeared into the living room. But Jenny lingered behind, looking up at me. There was a deep sadness in her eyes, almost like she didn't want to leave. Poor kid. Based on my brief time with her parents, I didn't blame her. I would have hid in the basement, too. I smiled sympathetically, but she looked down at the floor and... Jenny! Paige's voice snapped from the living room. Help us tidy up. Now. Jenny looked up at me, turned away, then slipped out of view. Tire chains, Eve. Tire chains. I turned to head upstairs, but... There was a jagged, fist-sized hole in the drywall. What the actual fuck? Wait, was that there before I left? Did the movers do it last week and I didn't notice until now? Mm, no. No, that doesn't make sense. It, I would have seen that. Better yet, Charlie would have 100% caught a hole in the wall and called them out. I'll come back to that later. I was about to step away when I noticed... An ant crawled out from the hole. Oh, no. Bloated as all hell. A fat fucker. With surprising speed, it zigzagged down the wall, slipped, and dropped right to the floor. Without missing a beat, it scurried across the hardwood. It slipped into a crack beneath the front door. Almost felt like it was running away from something. What was that about? I'm obsessed. I'm scared. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Focus, Eve. Universal tire chains. Standing at the point, at the top of a pull-down ceiling ladder, I poked my head into the attic. Hobbled wooden floors, no windows. Everything's covered in dust. This'll be fun. Flashlight in hand, I hoisted myself up. I'd peeked my head in here once before, but never got the whole tour. Slanted boards, low ceilings, narrow hallways, weird attic. I eased my way in. It was quiet up here, too, save for the muffled sounds of the family downstairs. According to Charlie, the tire chains were in the last room on the left. Do attics normally have rooms? I think this is a large fixer-upper house, and I have seen historic houses with... Oh, okay. Yeah, because they have, like, weird roof shapes often. So even if it's not a full-ass room, it'll be, like, an alcove. Yeah, I think this is supposed to be, like, a mansion yeah. style. Okay. Because, like, I don't know. My house mm-hmm. growing up had, like, a weird shaped roof, but I don't think it had rooms. It was just, like, mm-hmm. two by fours holding so you could, like, see through everything. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. you could see the whole attic space. Anyway, that's, that's, I learned something new today. <clears throat> Stepping deeper into the attic, I entered a long shoulder-width passage. Claustrophobic. Up here, the house's time-worn innards were exposed. Reddish-pink insulation, rusting pipes, frayed wires. Looked like a botched surgery. Curving through the corridor, I came upon a gap in the wall. A three-foot-by-three-foot square at stomach height. An entrance? I peered inside. It was the dumbwaiter chute. Why would it go all the way up to the attic? I beamed a light down. A long, narrow shaft led all the way to the basement. The elevator cart was at the bottom. Three stories. That's a long drop. Suddenly, the hair on the back of my neck stood up. Memories of the basement twisted through my head and... Was coming up here such a good idea? Maybe I should have stayed with the neighbors. Maybe I should have... Doesn't matter now, Eve. Tire chains. Okay, like... There's a... Instincts exist for a reason. Read The Gift of Fear. Right? Great book. (laughs) Like, we've talked about this in other episodes where, like, 
if you're feeling a certain type of way... Yeah, get the fuck out. Yes. Finally, I reached the end of the hallway, rounded a corner, and a door, wooden, covered in peeling, olive green paint, adorned with three locks, unlatched, an attic with deadbolts on its doors. Any other time, this would have sent me running. I pulled it open, and blinding light. From the far wall, glaring sunlight shone through a porthole window. I flicked off the flashlight, stepped forward, and looked around the room. This room was barely bigger than your average walk-in closet. Random junk crowded up against the walls, a motley crew of thrift store rejects, bald tires, old books, more empty picture frames, a fish tank, and turtle pellet food? Behind that, a dusty watercolor painting of a bright green smiling turtle. The fuck? I guess the previous owners really like turtles. I mean, turtles are pretty cool, but... Why didn't Charlie mention any of this stuff? <laughs> Charlie's in on it. Holy shit, just wait. <gasps> no. Behind the turtle tank was a file box <clears throat> written on its side in black Sharpie. Charlie's stuff. Donate. Leaning forward, I hosted, hoisted the box up onto the turtle tank. Inside it were a few camera lenses, a bunch of film rolls, and an old 35mm no. Pentax, Charlie's camera. Photography used to be a passion of hers. I still remember the day she had her own gallery showing. It was a rain-soaked day in downtown Seattle, but I'd never seen her happier. She even put up the blurry photo of me, the one from the locket. I was flat flattered, despite the fact that you could barely see my face in it. Charlie always wanted to start a photography side business, but three years back, after her father passed, Charlie put away the camera and never took it out again. Her dad was the one that got her into photography to begin with. I asked her about it once, but she just shrugged, said she didn't have time for it anymore. It was so unlike Charlie. Before that, she never would have walked away from anything. That said, I was in no position to judge. I'm the type of person who gives them projects I don't even start. Need an example? I dropped out of art school three months before the first semester. Setting the lid back on the box, I turned to survey the room, and in the far corner, the pile of tire chains. Finally, I crossed over, bent down, and outside the house, a door slammed shut. I tilted my head. Silence. But then muffled, heavy footfalls crunched against gravel and snow. Charlie? I stepped over to the porthole window. Down the driveway, Thomas marched towards the house, towards the street. He got about 10 yards from the house, then lurched to a stop and let out a primal scream of rage. What the fuck? Oh my god. What the fuck? He went quiet and glanced around, looking embarrassed. Then he shook out his hands. Did he and Paige just have a fight? Maybe. But what about? told you there's something wrong with this man and she's been upstairs so she has no idea what's been going on yeah wow hmm. reaching into his coat pocket he pulled out a pack of cigarettes and glanced back towards the house all clear he lit up took a long drag and relaxed a bit secret nicotine addiction repressed anger issues two more points against his perfect picture family Maybe he punched that hole in the wall, too? Duh. He continued... <laughs> Duh. <laughs> he continued down the driveway onto the street and disappeared behind the tree line along the forest Why? surrounding my house. Why? Why? From this angle, the trees were eerily familiar, old, and almost menacing. And the... Picture above the mantelpiece. I love that you say things right before I'm going to read the next sentence. Was this the tree line from the painting? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Here we go. Behind me, a labored, metallic rasping sound. I turned, listened. Around the corner, dissonant grating like overgrown fingernails scraping against rusting metal. Tedious, guttural, growing louder and louder with each passing second. That hurts in my teeth. Yeah, for real. Disturbed, 
I crept over to investigate, but before I could even get there, a sound rattled to a sudden stop. A halting noise that made me realize what it was. The dumb waiter. <gasps> fuck. Yes. Fuck. Yes. <laughs> Flashlight in hand, I peeked around the corner. Nothing. Just the long, empty hallway. Maybe it's the kid again? Maybe she's coming back up here to hide? I glanced at the tire chains. Come back for those later. Get, pick them up. Yeah. I've never seen tire chains. Are they big? I don't know. They have them in Twilight. That's all I know. (laughs) Jordan, do you know? I'm not sure. (laughs) Hashtag (laughs) Carfax. Okay. (laughs) Thank you for listening to our car podcast. I just love that none of us know. I didn't. I thought you would know. I didn't grow up in a place with snow. <laughs> Y'all are like. We just dog. raw dog the winter. <laughs> Disgusting. <coughs> Thanks. I, I hate my it. Tires extra slippery. <laughs> <laughs> I eased forward one step at a time. From this angle, I couldn't see into the dumb waiter shoot yet. Part of me worried something terrible was waiting inside. Something waiting to pull me down into the basement, drag me into who the fuck knows where, and (sighs) stop. Don't spiral. Take a deep breath. Exhale. It's just the kid. Everything that's happening so far has a reasonable explanation. Really? What about the dad's whispering freak out in the basement? Yes, even that. The painting above the fireplace? Sure, that too. The figure on the stairs? Yeah, I think. Mildly emboldened, I stepped forward to look, and the elevator cart was empty. Joy. Somebody must have pulled it up here from below, of course. You can pull a dumb waiter chute without being inside it. That's actually how they're meant to be used. Exhaling relief, <laughs> I turned away and. Footprints. Footprints in the dust, long oh. and narrow. Stare, starting at the dumbwaiter entrance and leading off down the hallway, away from me, through the attic, towards the only way out. Not good. And they sure as hell didn't look like kids' footprints. Maybe I wasn't thinking clearly, but they almost didn't look human. Oh, it's a thing from the basement. I don't know, but I have chills. I don't like it. I keep watching us all get anxiety shivers. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, no more attic. I took a deep breath, pointed my flashlight, and headed for the ladder at the end of the hallway. I quick stepped into an open area and swivel checked the corners like a wannabe marine. All clear. We're so good. So an army. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just get to the exit and the flashlight dimmed into the darkness. Seriously? I smacked it. Flickering light. Shit. I've watched enough horror movies to know nothing good follows a randomly dying flashlight. I smacked it again. Harder. This time it surged bright. Like a flare, somehow lighting up the darkness of the entire attic. And then, darkness. I flicked the on and off switch. Nothing. I smacked it again. Nothing. Again. Nothing. In a fit of stupid rage, I hurled it into the floor, into the dark. It clattered off the wall and fell to the floor with a hollow thud. Silence. A growing sense of panic swelled within me. Whoever brought the shoot up here was still in the attic, and I was seriously starting to doubt it was one of the kids. Was it the figure on the stairs? What if it was? My tailspin was saved by a literal ray of hope. About 40 feet away, the still open attic door. Just follow the light. Moving one foot at a time, using the distant glow to guide me, I focused on my breath. Breathe in through your nose, out through your mouth. Be careful. Don't trip on the notch floor. Behind me, something moved. I'm high knees running out of there. <laughs> yeah, I'm sprinting. How are you sprinting on an attic that doesn't have a stable floor? I don't care. I'm high knees running. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> I will fall through. At least I'll be on the second floor. <laughs> that's, that's very fair. <laughs> yeah. A skittering 
<gasps> almost fragile sound. Now completely terrified, I hauled ass towards the light and my foot snagged on a floorboard. It's not funny, but <laughs> <laughs> it is uh, not a predictable horror, but like mm. the worst. Murphy's Law horror. Yes, 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 yes. You can't make your way without stumbling. No, no, no. I staggered forward, nearly biting it. Close call. Scrambling, I sprinted towards the exit, almost there, almost free, and the stairs slammed shut with an authoritative wham. Darkness. I yelled for whoever was down there to open it. No response. Collapsing onto the hatch, I frantically searched for the handle. Sliding my hands over the splinter-infested door, hunting for something, anything. Cold sweat trailed down my forehead. My heart thumped, breath gasped. I stopped myself again. Calm down. Breathe in. Breathe out. In. Out. Ground yourself. Focus on your surroundings. Your senses. Sight. Pitch dark. Smell. Musty air. Rotting wood. Touch. Cold, wet hair. Coarse, hardwood. Why cold, wet hair? What? It's hers, I'm guessing. I hope... (laughs) Sound, your own breathing, wind gusting outside, the creaks and groans of the old house, and a rolling sound behind me. The flashlight. Like a metallic cylinder, a crunched hardwood. I gazed back over my shoulder, only darkness, but then light flickered to life. The flashlight, about 30 feet away, rolling in a lazy arc, beaming through stagnant clouds of dust, I watched, hypnotized. The rolling flashlight slowly scanned over the walls, the reddish-pink insulation, and then it settled to a stop, shining into the narrow hallway at an angle. It almost felt as if the light was trying to show me something, but nothing was there, just a dark, empty hallway. I squinted, and then I saw it. A figure, standing in the darkness just outside the light's edge. A person, cast in shadow. I stopped breathing. Slowly, the figure became more defined. It was a woman, wearing an off-white hospital gown, tall. Her head was shaved down to thin, black roots. Bluish veins pulsated beneath pale skin. Her face was concealed behind peekaboo hands, like a child playing a game. Oh no. It might not be a ghost, it might be a real person. Could you imagine somebody like almost six foot playing peekaboo with you in your Mm. attic? Jane Eyre really hits different in 2020. (laughs) (laughs) Set the whole place on fire. I love Jane Eyre. I knew you would. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) Motionless, the breathless moment seemed to stretch on for an eternity, and then she took a sudden shuffling step forward and froze in place. Now the front of her bare feet stood in the light overgrown, dirt-stained toenails, and then another quick step forward. The flashlight snapped off. (gasps) Darkness returned. I did not see that coming. Slow, monotonous footsteps followed, like a lumbering metronome speeding up bit by bit. Bottomless dread pushed up from my stomach into my throat, but only a gasping wheeze escaped. I couldn't even scream, so I spun around and pounded on the floor, hitting harder and harder, all the while footfalls getting closer and closer, one short step at a time. Finally, I managed to scream, scream louder than I'd ever screamed before. I screamed for help, but no one ever responded, only the sound of footsteps getting closer, closer. They were nearly upon me, and then the stairway swung open. I tumbled downward and slammed into the hardwood floor, head first. Oh, God. Darkness. With a sharp gasp, I snapped awake. Where was I? 
slumped on the living room couch with a nasty fucking headache. Thank God, I half expected to be tied up in an underground torture chamber. Next to the fireplace, Paige sat in a chair, knitting. She brought her whole ass knitting needles into this woman's house. Creepy ass people. Mm-hmm. Her kids played with Lincoln Logs. Where the fuck those come from? <laughs> the moving truck, they're moving in. I know, but Jesus. It was still daytime, but slowly getting darker. You okay? Asked Thomas, stepping into view. Uh, I didn't know what else to say. I was still processing everything. There, There's somebody in the attic. He nodded considerately. The kids looked up at me, on edge. He glanced towards them. Why don't you go upstairs? Collecting their toys, they filed out. Holding a smile, he waited for them to leave, then sat down across from me. Tell me what happened, he asked thoughtfully. There, there was a person. They were... I tried to make sense of it. I, I think I saw them in the basement, too, last night on the stairs. He waited this for a moment. Before you moved in, how long was the house sitting empty? Huh? When did the previous owners move out? Oh, about half a year ago, I think. He smiled grimly. Sitting empty that long? Could be a squatter. Happens more often than you'd think, especially out here. I don't know. Well, did she seem dangerous? Hold up. Hold up, hold up. She never said... The gender. She never said... She said it was a person. Nah. Mm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. This guy knows too much. This guy... Nope. It, yeah. Murder mm-hmm. him right now. Mm-hmm. Knitting needle to the eye. Leave. <laughs> the bizarre image of the woman hiding behind peekaboo hands flashed through my head. It was almost as if she was taunting me. We... I should call the police. He shook his head. No reason to escalate things until we know what we're dealing with. Oh, um, God. Um, um, your child was lost in a house with a strange person in it, and you don't care. And you're like, what? let's just ask them what they're doing up there. Hey, guy, want you, you want to hang out? Just bring out the Monopoly board. <laughs> We've got the Bible themed Monopoly. <laughs> <laughs> Capitalism and God. Instead of the trains, you collect all 12 disciples. Yes. And you go to hell. Wow. <laughs> but you can pay your way out. Holy shit, this is too real. Oh, we should God. make this. Mm-hmm. We become Get the out of hell guard. <laughs> that would be amazing. Damn. This is that a lot. <laughs> okay. Um, I was barely even listening. My thoughts were still trapped in the attic, circling around something that I couldn't quite place yet. He cleared his throat. I'll go up and take a look, all right? I don't think it's safe. I'll be fine. Pushing to stand, he strode towards the foyer. Yeah, because it's your fucking sister. Right? Paige chimed in. Don't forget the tire chains, she said, not even looking up from her knitting. Grunting noncommittally, Thomas disappeared around the corner. She. Five minutes had passed, and Thomas was still upstairs investigating the attic. What was taking him so long? Who was that up there? Could it be his sister, Abby? Rhythmic creaking interrupted my train of thought. I looked up. Paige was rocking back and forth in a chair, knitting. An unfamiliar red rocking chair. I love this. Catching my gaze, she stopped moving. A few awkward seconds of silence went by. Nice chair, I said pointedly. She offered a meek smile. Thomas grabbed it from the truck. It's, it's good for my spine. When I was younger, I hurt my back in an accident. I used to ride horses, almost qualified for regionals. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> Leaning back, I crossed my arms. I love that she says what I'm thinking. Yeah, for yeah. real. A lot of the time. Sometimes I'm like, Eve, you're a dumb bitch. Sorry. <laughs> Respectfully. <clears throat> The fire crackled and hissed, slowly dying into fading embers. She went back to knitting, unfazed by my lack of response. Considering the peekaboo lady in the attic, part of me was actually glad for the family's presence. But now, 
I had less than zero faith in them, and worse still, I didn't even know why. Sorry about last night, said Paige, almost blurting it out. Raising an eyebrow, I looked at her. She continued, what I said at the dinner table, it wasn't appropriate. I stared at her, surprised, but not invested. I just, she said, I'm not used to how fast the world's changing these days. She tapered off, eyes scanning the floor. Same here, I said dryly. Mm -hmm. Dead quiet, and then Thomas stepped into the room. I sat up, awaiting his report, but he just looked at me and shrugged. Didn't see anything, he said, almost apologetically. Found this, though. He handed me my flashlight. No footprints, I asked. Hmm. Footprints? Nope. Impossible. I rose to stand, but he pressed his hand against my shoulder, stopping me in my tracks. Gross, don't touch me. Also, like, way to be a king of gaslighting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Eve, he said, his eyes filled with the type of concern that makes one feel pathetic. Is everything okay? I didn't respond. I didn't know how. I know how. No, there's this fucking weird-ass family in my house, and somebody's in my attic. Get the fuck out. He continued, I know you barely know us, but you can be open here. Maybe we can help. No fucking thank you. What was this guy up to? I shrugged his hand away and stepped towards the kitchen. Pulling a cup from a cabinet, I filled it at the sink, gulped it down, and slammed it onto the counter like a shot glass. You should leave. Mm-hmm. Thomas's face twitched like something did not compute. Then he snapped back to his pseudo-charming self. Why don't we wait until Charlie gets back? Ready to rip, I opened my mouth to respond, but then I noticed the cup on the counter, the one he's just set down. It was an unfamiliar red plastic kid's cup. On its side, a pale blue moon with gently shut eyes, smiling a toothy smile. Whose cup was this? More importantly, what was it doing in my cupboard? (laughs) Something wrong? asked Thomas. How long was I out? He studied me, unsure. I locked onto his eyes. After I hit my head? Oh, 10, 15 minutes? He broke eye contact. Tops. Didn't she go up there, like, in the morning? Yeah. Yeah. This does not check out. Mm-mm. Clearing his throat, he tried his pitch yet again. We'll stay with you until Charlie gets home. Then we can use her phone to call the police. After that, we'll finally get out of your hair. Sound good? Uh, huh. I muttered, only half listening. Now I was staring at the creepy moon cup, searching for something. Something just out of reach in my mind. Something that... She. Minutes earlier, when he asked me about the attic person, Thomas said, Did she seem dangerous? But I never mentioned. Uh-huh. The blaring ring of a cell phone cut into my concentration. Repetitive, monotone, beeping. I looked around, bewildered. The sound was coming from Paige, bumbling in her pocket. (gasps) She yanked out a flip phone and switched it off. What the fuck? I would immediately stab this man without even thinking. Just running with a knife. Yeah. Deafening silence filled every corner of the room. I looked at Thomas, but he looked away, embarrassed. So much for not having phones. Let me use that, I said. Oh, it's it's not, she stammered. The service out here, and, and I just... Midway through her sentence, I marched over and snatched the phone away. Yep. Paige shot to her feet, trying to grab it back, but Thomas spoke up. It's okay, Paige. Let her use it. She paused, stared at him for an uncertain moment, then sat back down. Smart move, Paige. I was about to break your fucking jaw. Despite the fact that I didn't have the slightest idea of how to do that. Mm. Dialing Charlie's number, I stepped back into the kitchen. Three tones rang out. And then, faintly, through the vent in the floor, a muffled synth cover of Beethoven's Fifth played out from the basement. Oh, no. Charlie's ringtone. And that is the end of part Oh my god. This was not an electric boogaloo. It was not indeed. 
Oh, this was so fucking good. That actually gave me goosebumps a couple times. I'm at five out of five scared. I'm pretty... Yeah, I'm probably four out of five scared. Mm. No, I'll concur. Don't trust men. Yeah, don't trust men. I think I'm less scared because I would never let a man I don't know into my house. I'm just... I'm max scared because, first of all, Charlie was weird about it. And I feel like she I knows too much. Charlie. I don't either, but I feel like there's something weird. The narrator, like, is dealing with some shit. Also, if she goes sprinting for it, like, the neighbor's house, she is probably concussed. You're not supposed to pass out. Yeah. If she goes sprinting past these people, I'm assuming this guy could just grab her. I am so fucking afraid. And this woman creature thing i think it's a changeling personally because the footsteps weren't wrong weren't yeah. right and she mentioned her being like six foot yes. four and, and what's like, with the ants yeah it doesn't mm-hmm. seem like a human thing yeah it seems unnatural yeah and um i think so it feels it feels a little time warpy but i think they're gaslighting her oh yeah fully fully um it feels a little like um yeah, I think it's a changeling thing because when she called mm-hmm. um, Charlie, it just didn't sound. Honestly, yeah, it didn't true. sound right. It didn't sound like Charlie's supposed to. Yeah. It's not the vibe that she's cultivated for Charlie either. Like she mentioned earlier, that Charlie's been working yeah. really hard on active listening. Yeah, and like that. you're right. Um, not being shitty. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the only t- other time she called her, she was not in the house, so she wouldn't have heard the phone. Yeah. I will also say. Um, if you're gonna be a mastermind, turn your fucking phones on silent. It's not that damn hard. Yeah. You murder someone, put their phone on silent. He might actually not have known how to use the smartphone. What? Oh, true, because she has a flip. She has a flip phone. He might not know how to turn it off. You have to hit, like, so many buttons now. I actually think Paige is the mastermind of it all. I could see that fully. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she's with the phone she's sitting there just rocking and enjoying it what if Paige is the sister his sister I thought about that earlier too I don't know they do sleep in separate rooms it's true also um, we have a flag from our flag means death it's Blackbeard's flag um, outside our door and I can see it through the glass Mm -hmm. Um, and it keeps waving and I keep seeing the skeleton face in the window (laughs) Oh, and I keep seeing this fucking skull right behind Brie. Yeah, but that one's not moving. That okay. one's moving in the window like something's peeking in. That one is shadowed and looks like someone out the window because the window's directly behind it. Oh, that's fair. That is a little scary. And I only catch glimpses when you move. Oh, no. No, thank you. I'm going to move it around the house for when we record. <laughs> no, ma'am. <laughs> no, thank you, ma'am. <laughs> Okay, so, um, yeah, yeah, a lot of nightlights. I yeah, think. tune in for parts three and four in the next one, I think. I, I think we can fit them. Yeah. This is also our first time reading through this whole story, so we're on this adventure with you. Mm-hmm. And I want to cry I, both in joy and fear. It's yes. a great fucking story. Mm-hmm. It is. It is really good. But it's not, not a great fucking story. It is not. A, it is not a fucking story. You're right. It is very well written. Thanks for joining us on this week's adventure, and special thanks to Anthony Ployhar for our original music. Find more at eeriequery.com. Share your stories to eeriequerypod at gmail.com, and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at eeriequery. Thank you. Bye. 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 Don't like. (laughs) I don't like that. Make it stop. (laughs) Don't like.